0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Open Observability Talks. I'm your host, Dotan Horvitz, and here at Open Observability Talks, we talk about anything DevOps, observability, and open source. So may the open source be with you. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Logs.io, the cloud-native observability platform. Logs.io takes the best-of-breed open source projects such as Prometheus, OpenSearch, Jaeger, OpenTelemetry, and others, and offers them as a unified observability platform built for scale. For those joining the live stream on YouTube or Twitch, feel free to share questions and comments on the live chat. It will make things much more interesting for uh, for us here on the on the show. And with that, let's move on to today's episode. We all know that observability is a must-have for operating you know operating systems in production, as we all do. That's established, but we often neglect uh, our own backyard, our software release process, essentially. I've seen that in companies I've worked with uh, as well. And this leads teams to wasting time and energy in handling failures in the CI CD pipeline and makes the developer on duty shifts tedious. Uh, I've seen that multiple times. In this episode, we'll discuss how to achieve effective observability into our CI CD pipeline. We'll discuss what's supported in common projects such as uh, Jenkins and others, and the best practices for that. To discuss that, I invited a CICD veteran, someone who's been a core maintainer for the Jenkins project for over a decade, uh, Oleg Nenashev. Uh, he's also a member of the Technical Oversight Committee in the Continuous Delivery Foundation, the CDF, and he's also a CDF ambassador uh, amongst many other titles. He's also uh, an observability veteran, not just a CICD. He worked at the Dynatrace and other things we'll hear uh, about very soon. So definitely the right person uh, for this discussion.
1: Hey, Oleg. Hi, thanks a lot for inviting me.
0: Thanks for uh, for joining me. And actually, I, I, mm. I uh, mentioned you're a uh, CDF ambassador, but we're also together on the CNCF ambassadors team. So, first of all, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks
1: a lot. Uh, it's been an honor uh, to join the team. So, I was elected uh, to CNCF ambassadors uh, in April. So, I announced at KubeCon, and yeah, it has been uh, really active. Uh, there is a small community of ambassadors and yeah, a lot of things are happening there.
0: Yeah, coming from the CDF, which is a relatively small foundation to the CNCF, I assume the, the scale is slightly different. <laughs>
1: yeah, we have how many? 300 ambassadors uh, or so. Yeah, so it's yeah. quite a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh... I presented a few of your titles, but uh, maybe you give us your uh, your, your uh, uh, broad broad experience in nutshell, both on the CI/CD and in the observability space, so people can understand why why you're the authority on that.
1: Yeah, I definitely won't be presenting all my titles because even in Jenkins, it will take maybe a few minutes. I call myself uh, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not a mother of dragons in Jenkins, but yeah, father of many bugs. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, going back to CICD um, and to my career, actually I started as a hardware and embedded engineer. And uh, my first project was actually about observability too. But it was a true Russian style of observability, oil flow monitoring uh, based on X-ray spectrum analysis. Uh, Yeah, so it basically uh, involves radioactivity and oil. What else uh, would you expect? Uh, But yeah, ever since, for me, it was uh, uh, every project I worked on, there was always some bits of observability, whether it was a hardware project uh, or software project or automation infrastructure. All the time, uh, you basically end up with a question how to actually troubleshoot your system, how to expose the data that helps you to troubleshoot. So for me, definitely, I'm not a newcomer to the observability space and uh, that's why i was so excited when open telemetry project started i believe we will talk about open telemetry a bit later but uh, yeah for me it's one of the key highlights on the open observability space of course
0: yeah so uh, people here uh, hear a lot about open telemetry on this show and definitely we'll cover that mm-hmm. in this episode as well
1: yeah, so how I got to the CI CD space, actually, well, pretty much as everyone else, uh, in hardware, embedded, uh, you have a lot of tests, test automation. So eventually, you need automation systems. For, for me, I started with Hudson, I believe, in 2009. So basically, when Hudson was gaining popularity. And then it happened, basically, as usual, there were issues with our builds. I fixed uh, these builds, So then I started on in It wasn't even pipeline at that stage. It was freestyle jobs. So all classic stuff. Um, and yeah, later, actually, I was... I've been switching more and more towards developer tooling so in hardware there is term electronic design automation in software well, there are just developer tools so i gradually switched more towards that area and i started maintaining more and more automation infrastructure in my companies so when i joined synopsis it was 2012 by the time i was basically leading automation infrastructure for a small department of 300 engineers and many sites and, uh, yeah, uh, all the automation infrastructure was built, uh, on the top of Jenkins, it was still, uh, before Docker was a thing, uh, but yeah, it was already solely based on uh, infrastructure as code configuration as code. And of course, observability for us has been a really big problem because yeah, the scale was, uh, 10 sites, a lot of computing grids. So maybe you heard about things like this, uh, sun grid engine, so it, Again, it was before the Kubernetes clusters, but it was basically the same in terms of resource management and scaling problems. And when you run services there, of course, you need to understand how the infrastructure behaves. Jenkins and the other CI, CD systems are inherently remote code execution as a service. So what it means is that there is a lot of machines connected to each other. If you do things right on these machines, uh, it's okay. If you don't, uh, then you definitely need to troubleshoot the stuff. And, uh, with, and that's
0: uh, what led you to, uh, to Jenkins. Be, you've been there for over a decade now, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, so I joined uh, the Jenkins community in 2012, shortly after, uh, Hudson was renamed to Jenkins. It's not a fork, it's a renaming and, uh, what happened uh, next? So. Initially, uh, I got permission to contribute uh, because we needed uh, to improve security to basically align Jenkins security, especially authentication, authorization model with company requirements. And I was lucky to finally get permission to contribute to open source because in hardware companies, it's not easy. I probably created uh, three private source versions of a VCS plugin. So it's a simulation tool for hardware. And um, yeah, when I got permission to contribute to open source, I started from role strategy uh, and a few other plugins. So I created, for example, job restrictions plugin for Jenkins and created ownership-based security model there. So our um, key goal was to empower developers to actually maintain their jobs, maintain their projects and their products as a part of the system. Folders, etc., and uh, there was a big ecosystem around that built for our uh, internal users. And then, well, how I became maintainer basically, the same as maintaining of automation infrastructure. There were, of course, issues with Jenkins, nothing always works as expected in open source or in private source. So, I started submitting fixes here and there, and finally, I was annoying enough that somebody gave me write permissions to Jenkins core. So this is a real story of how I became a Jenkins core maintainer. So there was no election, nothing. I just got permissions and I started helping out and yeah, it was and the advantage project. of
0: joining uh, young projects before they have established uh, governance and processes yeah. and everything,
1: <laughs> no, Jenkins uh, wasn't young at that point, uh, Jenkins was already almost 10 years old, actually, uh, and uh, eight years is open source project. But Jenkins has a different philosophy from many other projects, especially in the CNCF landscape, because in Jenkins, actually, the idea is to empower contributors as much as possible. So for example, maintainers of plugins, maintainers of ecosystem that is really low entry bar. And for the Jenkins core, at that point, it was also quite a low entry bar because uh, definitely it lacked maintainers. So the idea was that uh, if we could onboard more people, we could uh, introduce uh better um, contributor experience. And then over time, we could uh, basically introduce additional processes, assistance tools. And this is what happened. So by two thousand twenty. Uh, 20, we actually improved uh, the maintenance process for the Jenkins core quite a lot from many yeah. things, including release automation. Nice. You won't believe, but until uh, 2019, Jenkins was released from uh, uh, so Kosuke Kawaguchi. He's a creator of Jenkins. So until that time, uh, Jenkins was uh, released uh, just from his machine because it was the only <laughs> way to release the project. Because now it changed.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So let's jump forward to uh, today Mm -hmm. and uh, with your vast experience and knowledge of of Jenkins. Maybe we can start by, even before talking about observability, just giving us the the what's new uh, with uh, Jenkins and the Jenkins ecosystem in the past uh, uh, recent uh, period.
1: Yeah, so it's actually uh, quite a good question. Uh, In my case, I've been on a kind of sabbatical uh, in Jenkins since uh, the war in Ukraine started. Uh, because yeah i changed my priorities i dedicate quite a lot of time to volunteering uh, and some of other personal events and uh, yeah i still participate in the jenkins governance board i help uh, uh, people but i don't participate actively in maintenance now Uh, but what happens in the project in recent years Uh, there, uh, there have been quite a lot of improvements and actually I tried to position most of these improvements either as cloud native focus. So basically enabling uh, Jenkins utilization in modern deployments, including Kubernetes, public clouds uh, with Kubernetes or not. And the second uh, part was actually developer experience because there's a lot of things that improved uh, experience with jenkins for example you may hate jenkins web interface uh, but actually even the interface uh, of jenkins controller changed a lot but in fact you do not need this interface much these days because for example we have quite a good uh, github integration through github apps so for the majority of use cases developers can see the results right uh, inside uh, the github pull requests And uh, there were a lot of changes like that, which actually made uh, Jenkins usage uh, quite uh, useful, uh, quite easy in the modern environment. For cloud deployments, yes, uh, there is a lot of uh, capabilities these days. There is official Helm chart, there is official operator for Jenkins that allows scaling instances uh, uh, to zero if needed. Uh, Jenkins itself is not cloud native, uh, but uh, Jenkins built system uh, at the moment is cloud native. So basically your built infrastructure with Kubernetes plugin, with other plugins can scale across multiple instances quite easily. And you just need a server which basically operates as a control plane. So Jenkins controller by now, well, it has always been a kind of control plane with web UI. We haven't decoupled this part. I would be super happy to decouple them, but still uh, it remains the same architecture. Uh, Still, deployment to Kubernetes of Jenkins became quite easy. There are distributions allowing that. Of course, Jenkins became fully uh, integrated with configuration as code. So um, I was happy to participate in the configuration as code uh, plugin development and uh, in early stages of docker uh, uh, changes pipelines code changes so now yeah jenkins as we know it now it's completely different from jenkins 10 years ago in terms of operations experience this is why some of my experience is not quite relevant okay. uh yeah going uh, back to CICD space uh for jenkins itself um uh, there were a lot of uh, investments in uh, observability uh, for a long time because jenkins's distributed system is complex to manage and uh, since 2018 i believe there has been continuous investment in uh, better uh, reporting better analytics uh, we integrated uh, uh, additional uh, monitoring frameworks in jenkins then when open telemetry became available shortly after there was open telemetry plugin for jenkins that did some initial integration. Then later, for example, I was mentoring a student who worked on open telemetry integration for Jenkins agents. So this remote uh, build engines that connect to the system. And now we can actually uh, get insights about Jenkins being used as your pipelines. So even if you trigger the build outside of Jenkins, then all the spans reach the Jenkins side. And then when Jenkins invokes build tools, because Jenkins itself, uh, it doesn't build your project, it invokes the tool for that. So whether it's Maven, Gradle, or something else. Uh, All these tools by now also have some integration with OpenTelemetry, and it has been super exciting to use, uh, let's say, Jaeger uh, or uh, Prometheus with uh, some additional Grafana dashboards and see uh, all breakdown of distributed builds. So you were able to navigate uh, across multiple instances, multiple containers, because now, for example, on Jenkins, package most of build steps in separate containers. So similarly, like Tekton and Argo do. and I believe this is a good approach, but still you get full observability in your pipeline, uh, regardless of how many virtual and physical hosts are being involved. And for me, it has been super helpful compared to what I've been doing 10 years ago with Nedgers and with a lot of integrations, trying to uh, hook Jenkins into them.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. So uh, actually, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that uh, uh, Jenkins is making steps towards the the cloud native approach. I guess you you're also the connecting link, having both your your capacity as the CNCF mm-hmm. and the uh, CDF. You can bring this together. The yeah cloud native CI CD.
1: I uh, well, I'm not alluded about cloud native, but what I uh, keep saying about Jenkins that it doesn't have to be cloud native. What it has to be is being cloud friendly. So it means that uh, for users, it's easy to uh, deploy your Jenkins uh, in the cloud or in Kubernetes. Uh, you definitely get all this scalability capabilities. You definitely get pluggable storage and many other things that are enable you to deploy Jenkins in your custom environments. But at the same time, Jenkins as a controller isn't cloud native. And uh, it's 2023. And to be honest, I do not believe that Jenkins should become cloud native at the moment. Because it's a massive investment, Uh, there would be a lot of breaking changes here and there. And in my opinion, it's not long justified because there is a lot of other cloud native uh, CI and CD solutions. So for me, a lot of Jenkins value comes from the fact that it's actually not cloud native as a controller. And uh, I think this is something I wouldn't change. No.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually an interesting uh, interesting insight. Mm-hmm. And also on the, on the CNCF, obviously there's uh, Argo, there's a Flux mm-hmm. projects. Uh, I think you mentioned some of them also. And both actually graduated end of last year. Uh, and and yeah. these projects are also in the CI/CD space. And then we have GitOps and and uh, targeting uh, cloud native domain. So I don't know. Maybe wearing your CNCF ambassador hat, can you give us a quick intro on onto these and how they map to no. the space?
1: yeah i'm definitely well even if i'm jenkins governance board member i'm not a jenkins zlot so for example now to be honest i use more github actions or TikTok than jenkins and uh, well uh, why not because uh, jenkins is just tool and everything else is just tool. so for me it's good to actually provide interoperability and when i joined uh, cdf uh, toc uh, my key objective was to actually facilitate observab- uh, interoperability uh, between the projects and only after then uh, observability of the projects so uh, going into the cloud native space as you mentioned there is a lot of tools actually there is insane number of different tools uh, that address many bits of continuous delivery uh Fortunately or not, with uh, adoption of DevOps practices, etc., actually CD became a priority to CI. This is something that, to be honest, makes me always sad, and uh, this is why, for example, in the ambassador chat, I raised the question. So, would be anyone be interested uh, to have uh, cloud-native CI webinars? But yeah, actually, uh, what happens these days is that yeah, there is continuous integration part that. Uh, to some extent, got really simplified uh, for cloud native applications. So, I mean, not so many developers do coverages, uh, deeper integration testing, yes, there is a lot of focus in security, but still uh, uh, compared to how we used to do CI for embedded projects, hardware projects, I think there is a lot of things that could be improved. And there is delivery tools that actually got massive boost with introduction of Kubernetes because uh, there is a whole landscape of tools, and I would say that Half of the tools are somehow related uh, to delivery and deployment. So you take Helm and CNCF, for example, on its uh, um, uh, quadrant uh, says that uh, Helm is uh, the only carrier-grade delivery tool. Uh, well, it, it was one year ago, so maybe it changed by now. Uh, but yeah, it f- might feel a bit old. But yeah, if you just look in a nutshell, of course, yeah, Helm is a delivery tool. Um and basically when we talk about uh more classic tools with pipelines yeah of course we have argo uh well we have multiple argos actually so we have Argo uh, rollouts we have argo cd that have slightly different use cases and implementations so whether you like devops uh, sorry GitOps or not uh, you can find a tool for you then of course flux um then uh, uh, really, on the cloud-native st- space, we also have Tectone. So Tectone is a graduated project in the Continuous Delivery Foundation, uh, but it's basically a part of this ecosystem. Uh, I would say that foundation placement is more question of politics than a question of technology, uh, but yeah, this is a separate topic. Um, and uh, there is also a lot of tools that actually enable particular bits. So for example, if you need to manage environments, you have cross plane. So you use cross plane. You can easily deploy environments uh, for your integration testing purposes, let's say, or or for production if needed. Um, Then uh, there is, for example, Istio. So if you do progressive delivery, if you do AB testing, most likely you go with Istio to manage traffic for your system. Is it a delivery tool then? I guess so. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) this is actually uh, uh, where i lead to is that continuous delivery and continuous deployment and continuous integration is not a single tool it's a whole ecosystem of tools and actually for you as an organization it's rather policy culture and process it's not and tools just enable it and automate it so you can take a lot of tools uh, there is huge inventory for different use cases but all these Activities actually start from your organization and organizational approach uh, to the delivery of your software.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And we've been uh, mm-hmm. re- restating that in this uh, show and other places so many times. And still, you're right that people f- tend to focus on the tools, maybe because it's the easiest to comprehend because uh, the messiest are the people, <laughs> the people and processes. So people go to where it's easiest and it's the tool, but definitely the, the tools is not the sum total of that. And, and you mentioned the CDF a few times. Uh, we actually mm-hmm. uh, uh, covered the, the CDF, the Continuous Delivery Foundation, in a, a past episode with uh, Andy Grabner from uh, Dynotrace and from the mm-hmm. Captain Project about a year ago, uh, but a year passed. And uh, and you also a uh, uh, CDF uh, Uh, TOC member uh, until recently. So maybe you can give us the latest updates from the CNCF uh, this past year. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Mm, uh, sure. So actually uh, what was nothing that uh, effective uh, July 1st, I'm no longer on the CDF technical oversight committee. I still uh, remain a contributor to the toc i still uh, act as ambassador and i will uh, continue contributing but regarding uh, my role on the toc board uh, even when i got elected i said that i'm just taking one term because i believe in rotation of uh, public roles in open source and this is something i always want to see so i haven't planned to continue with this role and I continue in the foundation and uh, I will uh, do my best to enable its success. But yeah, at the same time, now my only public title is in CDF Ambassador. Okay, so uh, this foundation, uh, yeah, there were quite a lot of changes uh, over time uh, in the foundation. Uh, But what happened in the last year that foundation actually grew in terms of projects? So one of the big highlights uh, last year, that Project Peercia joined. So Project Peercia is distributed uh, well, delivery network for artifacts or distributed package delivery system, whatever you choose. So again, uh, it has delivery, uh, in equation, uh, again, it's not a classic pipeline tool, uh, but uh, the vision of the Continuous Delivery Foundation is that actually it wants to enable all stages of uh, software delivery, not just have a bunch of competing uh, continuous integration and continuous delivery tools uh, that they implement pipelines. So project Perse was one of the big highlights. Another big highlight was that uh, actually uh, TikTon project uh, got graduated. So it's a second project uh, to graduate in the foundation after Jenkins. There were quite a lot of adjustments there and we worked closely uh, with contributors to enable that. And another thing that's rather more important for our system is CD events. Because CD events, again, for me, CD events falls into the observability space, uh, because for me, eventing is actually one of the key ways to do observability and actually what is still missing from uh, open um, telemetry, in my opinion, because for me, yeah, in open telemetry, there is uh, traceability spans, uh, but spans are not always like uh, you well basically everyone does wrap uh, events into spans but uh, still for me it's another type of data. And uh, in the cloud native space, we have cloud events. So cloud events is basically a project that allows to send and receive events uh, within the system. So basically it's a way of asynchronous communication. And this uh, is heavily used for various kinds of observability within the system. So for example, uh, there are projects uh, like uh, Tekton pipelines, Jenkins that integrate with CD events to send data. There is also key native, Um, that actually uses uh, cloud events quite a lot uh, internally for various kinds of communications and reactions. And I think that it's actually a super important part uh, for observability purposes. And what the Continuous Delivery Foundation invest in um, is interoperability of CICD systems and basically unifying a way to communicate the events uh, through uh, cloud events. So there is uh, a specification built on the top of that, which is called CD events. The specification is relatively simple i mean there was a massive effort put uh, into review how events happen in different systems because as you can imagine jenkins tekton github actions all of them are different and still there was an interest to have a generic extensible layer that would support uh, various kinds of systems and i think that this effort uh, provided quite good results um and now there is a standard which was released as 1.0 recently it's available for evaluation and adoption and uh, i know that the doton has an open telemetry enhancement proposal that would basically adopt a similar standard in open telemetry for ci and cd purposes so i guess it's yeah. something we are going to discuss today for sure
0: yeah yeah and then actually I, I as part of the original uh, proposal that i i brought up uh, cd events was definitely referenced directly within the proposal um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I should say a word about that. So essentially there's a process for in open source projects in general. And then the open telemetry is no exception for, uh, proposing extensions. In, in OTEL, it's called OTEP, uh, open telemetry extension proposal. And since I, I kept on seeing, uh, in many places, the need for, uh, CICD observability, as I said, also in the opening words, uh, of this episode, uh, so much so that I, I thought it, it makes uh, perfect sense to be uh, just a, a first-level citizen uh, use case of, of open telemetry uh, itself. So I brought it up as an extension proposal for the community, for the open telemetry community, to make the actual semantic conventions and, and, and schema support for uh, CI/CD types of uh, pipelines, runs, and so on, uh, and. Since we're not starting in a void, and as you said, there has been uh, quite a bit of work uh, being done also in the uh, CDF, in the Continuous Delivery Foundation, it made perfect sense to me to uh, look into the CD events uh, specification as a, as a good starting point, and maybe a good point for collaboration between the two foundations. It, it gets confusing. Mm-hmm. As you said, sometimes it's more politics than than, uh, than technology, like why uh, Argo and Flux are, are in CNCF. and then you see non-CICD projects under the CDF like Piercy and others. So I, I, I don't really care about politics. I'm not a politician. What I do care is that if there is a value, a concrete value, and a lot of thought put into formalizing what a continuous delivery event is, what's the types of events, what's the semantic conventions, and so on, there is a definitely a good base point to start off of that and create native support in open telemetry. So open telemetry is sort of the way to collect events from in an agnostic way across different uh, uh, tools uh, and maybe tool chains, if, if there's more than one tool, uh, speaking mm-hmm. the same language, reporting in an agnostic, vendor agnostic and tool agnostic manner, and in a way to organize, uh, to, sorry, collect, to aggregate, to draw insights, and then also uh, forward it downstream to any analytics tool that uh, people may choose to analyze and gain observability into their uh, into their. Uh, uh, CI/CD pipelines, essentially, and uh, it's it's very early on. So um I'll post the link uh, here and also on the show notes for the podcast listeners. But uh, happy to get more people involved and any any thought process in, in formulating what we need there. Uh, and b- you being an authority, obviously, you're one of the uh, people I, I turned to uh, very early on to get your take on that. So uh, happy to uh, to get your your two cents on that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so for me, the events is definitely an interesting project. Um, even before CD events started officially, there were actually some initiatives. So, for example, in Jenkins, we created the first uh, version of Cloud Events plugin. Again, it was a Google Summer of Code project. Uh, I was rather technical advisor there. I wasn't mentoring it. But the idea was to actually enable observability uh, for the systems and also connect bits of the system. Because, as you said, Doton, uh, yeah, uh, you may have uh, multiple tools, and you're most likely to have multiple tools these days, especially when it comes to CI/CD. Because uh, the only common thing between CI/CD is a slash between them. And, for example, uh, yeah, Jenkins itself, uh, uh, thanks to all the history of investment in the continuous integration part, in the recording, deep analysis, etc., it's a perfect uh, CI tool and CI framework. While well, uh, it can easily connect, for example, with Argo for deployment purposes, it's actually very popular in cloud native space, uh, such kind of combination. Or maybe you could take Spinnaker that basically orchestrates uh, multiple tools, including Jenkins and others for whole delivery pipeline. But uh, the problem that all these tools still have to communicate with each other, and hence uh, a common language like CD events uh, is super useful. Another reason for that is that actually it allows you to create a uh, developer tooling for that, because uh, all uh, such uh, tools, they also need some uh, capabilities for debugging, troubleshooting, analytics. Uh, so it's not like putting all this data into Grafana dashboard and uh, having the insights. Uh, special tools are needed most of the time. For example, Stevens has a CLI that actually provides some gen- generation and analytics capability that are floating uh, ideas about having more tools around this space. And with growing adoption, of course, more tools will be created. And it also allows um, other people to actually uh, build on the top of generic event because you can create uh, a lot of uh, hooks, uh, a lot of integrations, so, for example, in my previous company, there was a integration between Jenkins and Slack that was actually using Cloud events implementation just to take the data. It wasn't using the embedded Slack plugin due to some additional data requirements. So it was collecting more data from the system, from observability, and basically providing insights for users. And it was using all these open protocols to extract the data. Um, on the second uh, side, uh, yeah, when we talk about these tools, uh, yeah, it's also a good opportunity for producers because you can trigger different events and trigger different uh, continuous delivery and deployment operations uh, through the standard protocol. So, for example, if you use progressive delivery, if you use eB testing integration with cloud events, is one of the ways to actually orchestrate your pipeline. So for me, for example, when we talk about uh, so currently I work from WireMock. WireMock is quite a popular API mocking solution for many technologies, mostly started with Java, it you now supports many other languages. And what we can do with cloud events, we can firstly receive these events, and based on these events, we can uh, actually initialize some uh, test uh, well mocked uh, API providers for your test environments and uh, we can make it fast so the feedback loop for your developers is much quicker. And of course, we can also connect uh, to cloud events and actually emulate your system for different kinds of purposes. So this is example of basically a tool that is quite external to the observability space, but which again can leverage all these capabilities. And many other tools we have in the ecosystem can find some additional use cases for security purposes, for deployment purposes, Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so I think that uh, such a standard is actually super helpful, and I'm looking forward to see more adoption of CD events uh, in the ecosystem.
0: Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's interesting. And going back to mm-hmm. the to the pain, I think uh, even within my current company, LogsIO, and you know, we've been doing as LogsIO is, is all about observability, and we've done that so well on production. Still, when I looked into the CI/CD pipelines i saw the gap i saw that the, there's like we, we we give ourselves discount for some reason and not not uh, uh, investing as much in the on the release cycle uh, and we've been through a process in which we realized we have heavy users we were heavy users at the time of, of jenkins and we've been trying to maximize as much as possible on the native jenkins and at some point we realized we just need to employ the same uh, uh, telemetry pipelines that as we do on the on the production environments collect all these uh, this telemetry store it in an accessible way create dashboards create alerts all the all the pipeline just like we do and uh, and actually I, last year at uh, at uh, the CD summit continuous delivery summit in uh, yeah. uh, in um, uh, detroit uh, the co- back then it was colocated with uh, with KubeCon, i delivered a talk especially about how we uh, achieved cicd into our own uh, observability so into our own cicd pipelines uh, just by using the same the same toolchain like uh, uh, OpenSearch Prometheus Jaeger uh, and so on and so forth. So um, this is a very interesting uh, uh, story, and part of that was also utilizing the uh, Jenkins uh, plugin, native plugin for Open Telemetry. And one of the the, the pretty parts that I liked was actually uh, employing tracing, uh, looking at the at run a pipeline run as a trace with the ver- various mm-hmm. uh, steps as spans and then analyzing it in this view. And uh, uh, and actually, you can you can uh, then, it, it goes beyond CI/CD I guess, into the, the build process, but you can actually get, for example, integration with Maven, and then you can, what used to be one uh, opaque, long span, suddenly you can open it up and break down all the Maven steps of the build. And it's like, you suddenly get insights that you, you didn't have before, and as you said, when you have it, this is not yet a standard, obviously, but this gave me the sense of what the power of a standard may be. Because then you could fetch things from, I don't know, uh, from uh, Maven and from uh, from uh, Ansible and from, from uh, uh, obviously Jenkins and Argo and whatnot. And if they all speak the same language and you can tailor all of that together, you can get so deep in your granularity, as, as deep as you need, obviously, but you can go in and out in, in granularity depending on where you focus your investigation. That that for me was uh, very insightful and uh, in a way, both working on this uh, this topic and writing. A, I wrote a long form article about that. And later on, the responses that I got after delivering the talk gave me the push to that we need to make it into a, an integral part of the open source discussion around open telemetry. But um, yeah, yeah. That, that was fascinating.
1: So for me it's not only about going deep but also about uh uh going to the high level because for us historically it was a problem that each tool so there is a lot of uh ci and cd tools uh, each of them had some notion of observability troubleshooting analytics embedded and we as users uh, as the maintainers of these systems had to use multiple tools But now with uh, having a unified standard based on open telemetry, uh, CD events and other technologies. We can actually rebuild the whole delivery trace from commit, uh, or if you want, even from uh, merge train, from group of commits, even uh, you can just uh, hook on on value stream and build observability from very beginning even before the code appears. And then you get observability to all stages and all tools used for these stages. So it is all the information, so this is invaluable information uh, for all kinds of development. And well, basically, this is what we already do in production, and this yeah. is uh, what is important part because yeah, if uh, for me one of uh, key takeaways from uh, DevOps culture, etc., that everything is a product. Uh, and basically your operations infrastructure uh, your delivery process is integral part of the product if you want to actually do continuous delivery continuous deployment and well yeah speaking of marketing uh, between your customers to uh, beating your competitors to the market hopefully not yeah. customers
0: yeah, that's for sure. And, and I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I really invite people to join, chime in. That's the beauty in open source. It's not that someone like me or, or Oleg is our authorities to decide. It's actually a, a group discussion by the community. And and do uh, look us up in the uh, CNCF Slack. On the, There's a channel CICD-Observability, but in a short, so O11Y. So CICD-O11Y, sorry. This is the Slack mm-hmm. channel for for this discussion. Chime in, obviously on the on the GitHub. I, I share shared the link for the proposals on the GitHub itself, uh, and and hopefully to make it more uh, formalized. And also good to see the discussion in the on the cdf side on the continuous delivery side in in multiple sigs so obviously the cd events that was mentioned but then there's also the uh, interoperability sig uh, and the uh, the best practices sig right lots of uh, discussion around uh, observability in yeah
1: observability this this is a stable stake So basically any special interest group, any think tank that is focused on improving uh, operations experience or developer experience will eventually talk about uh, observability, that's for sure. And,
0: and, And I should mention for those at least on the live stream. Uh, that This month on the 25th of July, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we'll discuss this proposal uh, of uh, open telemetry extension for CICD observability on the CD events working group call of the CDF. So you're all welcome to join mm-hmm. and chime in. It's open for all. Uh, so So do check it out. Uh, and, and, uh, for those who are listening on the, uh, on the podcast applications that will be already after that, but do check out the notes from the, uh, from that, uh, call. Uh, it should be interesting also to read the, the notes from that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another point that I wanted to discuss with you. The actually, the, uh, the previous episode uh, we had here on the, uh, on the show, I, uh, I was, I, I did that on backstage project where I hosted the director of engineering from Spotify, uh, who leads, project development. And uh, essentially, you know, Backstage is an internal developer platform that Spotify developed for for its engineering and then open sourced and donated it to the CNCF. That's for those who weren't here for the uh, last episode. Uh, And I know that Mm -hmm. you dug into uh, Backstage and in particular, uh, you looked into uh, being an observability uh, aficionado, you looked at the observability side of things. So uh, do you want to share with us the, what options are there for uh, Backstage observability?
1: well yeah so backstage itself um, it's actually a developer portal so the idea of developer portal is quite simple you bring in uh, all metrics uh, all information that is useful uh, for your development uh, in a single place and of course when we talk about operations when we talk about delivery all kinds of observability data should be there too so for example if your pipeline fails you want to have quick access to some uh, tips about uh, white failed if your uh, application failed in production basically the same if you manage uh, let's say a b testing if you manage feature flags you also want to have all these insights uh, on this portal because this is a kind of your um, uh, control uh, point and appreciation center for all kinds uh, of operations and um, yeah, when it comes to CD, CI/CD, I believe that for every developer, there should be something on this portal. So whether you use Argo, whether you use Jenkins, TikTok, GitHub Actions, you need to have quick access. So uh, ideally on the developer portal, when uh, the pipeline starts failing, you get uh, a big notice with some additional observability tips uh, to access things quicker. And the question is how you actually get it. So for Backstage, uh, yeah, Backstage has uh, uh, some notion of uh, a plugin ecosystem. Uh, Well, I would say that uh, a lot to be improved there. So one of my friends, Anton Weiss, he's actually uh, working on some experiments about developer portal and plugin ecosystem. Um, But uh, yeah, in principle, you... uh, if you take a standard tool, let's say uh, Jenkins, Argo CD, whatever you install a plugin for backstage and get it working. And there are plugins for these tools. The problem is with these plugins that all of them are different, uh, and none of them actually includes much of observability at the moment. And for that, it would, again, this is another opportunity for having open standard and open integrations because you could create a a backstage plugin, let's say for CD events uh, or for CI/CD observability with open telemetry so basically the proposal uh, Doton and many others are working on and then once you have this uh, plugin or integration you just connect it and regardless of your CI/CD system uh, uh, basically you get uh, the information so whatever you use under the hood, maybe you have multiple tools, but still, uh, if there is a common notion, let's say, uh, uh, delivery, of failure, success with some metadata that you can uh, reverse engineer, so this is already a part of the standard proposal, then you can uh, also show this uh, regardless of how the system is implemented. And for me, but we do have an
0: extension, go. right? That we have an hotel existing plugin. Before even going to the standardizing it, uh, can you tell us a bit about the hotel existing plugin, the door Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there is existing plugin. This existing plugin. Well, actually, uh, there are multiple existing plugins. Uh, like. It happens in open source uh, the idea is that uh, yeah since open telemetry has a standard interface uh, if you use uh, a tool like Prometheus, uh, you can also use promql to extract uh, the data which is much more capable than just open telemetry uh so you're unlikely to use backstages and point for receiving Open telemetry data right most likely you will query a database So there is a tool behind OpenTelemetry that stores and exposes this data. So it could be, yeah, it could be Prometheus, it can be Datadoc, Dynatrace, whatever. And uh, if you can query this data, you can actually display this data. Uh, And what uh, OpenTelemetry integration does, uh, it basically And Grafana, there is also Grafana plugin. So basically they provide you with a set of standard dashboards for common operations. So I believe there is a template for Dora metrics that makes some assumptions based on existing tools and actually can get you started quickly. So personally, I'm not a fan of Dora metrics at all, uh, but, uh, well, for management, uh, for slides, it's okay. Uh, And yeah, it's something that gets you started. If you need something more complicated, yes, you can create dashboards uh, in your tool. You can embed these dashboards into your developer portal. So, for example, if you build Grafana, you would just embed them into the Backstage. You don't need to rebuild them again uh, inside Backstage. uh, I think that
0: you're looking into also uh, having some Mm -hmm. addition of your own to the uh, ecosystem, No.
1: Oh, well, I would be interested in, uh, so for me, yeah, there are a few parts that I've been looking into. So, of course, wiremock uh, itself is interesting for me because wiremock API mocking is being used quite widely. And for me, it would be interesting to have something on the developer portal. And another thing uh, that is interesting for me is, of course, open feature because uh, uh, yeah I, I've participated in the open feature project since uh, the, the launch is open source feature flag management framework uh, it's uh, vendor neutral in terms of the specification and for me one of the interest uh, topics is actually to create a vendor neutral tool chain So for example, have an SDK that could be embedded into whatever project without actually bringing in a lot of vendor dependent code, not because I don't like vendors, but because I want my users to have freedom of choosing vendors Um, and uh, basically the same, uh, it would be interesting for tools I use in my daily job, including backstage. So again, it's a question of, uh, unifying things and, uh, this is another open standard you, you want to have in, um, uh, backstage. So for me, all of that, basically, once you have an open standard, you can definitely create tooling for it. And for me, yeah, tooling is just my job.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Um, we are about to run out of time for the fireside chat before moving on to the, uh, Uh, to the updates, but uh, can you uh, share where people can follow you and reach out?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you can follow me basically on any platform. So if Twitter is still alive when you watch uh, watch this video, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. Otherwise, uh, there is a Linktree account that aggregates the links. Um, And in my case, uh, yeah, I'm on the CNCF Slack, I'm on the CDF Slack, so you can just reach out there and ask any kinds of questions you have. And if you also want to chat about the adoption perspectives, because currently the adoption is probably one of the biggest problems for all these tools because uh, the ecosystem is still a bit scattered. So there is a lot of implementations yet to be created. Though there are some hugs and tweaks and standalone tools that allow to somehow integrate if needed. And if you want to chat about that, I would be happy to do so.
0: Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, Let's move on to the breaking news. <laughs> and so the we'll first one break? actually, uh, the first one that I uh, chose is uh, actually, especially for you, I, uh, I found it very interesting, the um, uh, continuous delivery, the state of continuous delivery report that the CDF produced uh, fairly recently. Uh, so first of all, I wanted to share with the audience and obviously uh, worthwhile having a look at the full report. Uh, I'll I'll post the link as always on the uh, on uh, on the chat here and on the and uh, the show notes for the listeners that are not on the live stream. One thing that I did want to uh, maybe get your take: uh, it said that uh, it's very clear that that there's no there's no clear indication that the velocity for code changes has increased over the last uh, two and a half years uh, among the general developer population. And I'm curious, as a, as a CI CD veteran, and you've seen all the migration and all the evolution and introducing DevOps and the processes and practices and tools and so on. And then we see this. How, how do you uh, interpret this uh, interesting data?
1: Well, for me, I definitely believe that CI part becomes more important these days. And uh, what I would say, uh, it's not my official uh, opinion, uh, it's my personal opinion, that uh, uh, the CI part is actually undervalued in the modern ecosystem. And basically when uh, developer productivity isn't increasing as much as everyone would uh, have hoped for. And for me, uh, one of the issues for that is, of course, quality. Uh, because we still spend much more time on debugging, much more time on troubleshooting things than we actually should. And this is why questions like observability for delivery, observability for production is essential but it's also essential to actually invest a bit more into quality control because many issues we see in production these days like performance issues, memory leaks. Uh, yeah, of course you, if you approach your infrastructure in a microservice way, if every your container is a kettle, of course you can kill things and restart the things. But in practice, uh, not many of us actually do that. And uh, I believe that some investment in the quality of software would be justified, especially, uh, everything that were all of these, a kind of solved problem, uh, in all the architectures. So performance testing, stress testing, uh, and many other beats. Uh, so I believe that more investment should be put, uh, in there for cloud native development and cloud native applications
0: interesting uh, yeah it's, it's interesting to look as a, also as a community how we uh where we're uh, we need to improve because you know seeing uh, no no progress in in two and a half years for me was striking uh yeah. with all the discussions we've been going on in the community and the tooling and everything um, yeah
1: so the problem with tooling is that yeah there is a lot of best practices there is a lot of best practices documented some best practices get enforced uh but uh, not enough So I believe I still can uh, maintain my career just by recommending to it, minus uh, EX flags to your bash scripts, because even if it's a common uh, sense for last 40 years, maybe by now, well, at least 30, it's uh, still a lot of people uh, forget about that. And then uh, their pipelines fail in miraculous ways uh, or more worse, sometimes they don't fail, but deliver corrupt production.
0: Yeah. Uh and to do the next uh, uh big news uh, at least for me uh, this is a major and actually it was just uh, just a few uh, a few days ago l- last week that OpenTelemetry protocol OTLP reached version 1.0. So uh, 1.0 OTLP is out. Uh, for those who don't know the OTLP specification defines the encoding, transport uh, the delivery mechanism for telemetry data uh, across the different signals, traces, metrics, uh, and logs at the moment. So That's a, a very, very important uh, milestone that uh, I was happy to... Uh, we, we escorted throughout the show, obviously, but uh, happy to share this uh, reaching maturity and reaching uh, stability within the OpenTelemetry project. Um, and actually, I, I just wrote an article on open standards in observability summarizing the important updates from Kubecon uh, and later so for the past uh, let's say a couple of months or so, uh, including this one uh, on OTLP and uh, the sunsetting of open census, uh, the Prometheus standard, uh, standardization, and uh, more highlights that you don't want to miss. So uh, obviously mm-hmm. uh, highlight uh, this this could be very interesting if you're looking for more details on relevant, Open standards, open specifications and uh, things around that and recent updates. Um, another very interesting thing, uh, talking about uh, open Telemetry becoming the de facto standard. Uh, it was interesting to see even Microsoft also realized that and, and launched uh, Azure Monitor uh, open Telemetry distro, they call it, uh, and saying mm. we, we are refactoring Azure's native observability platforms to be able to be based on, on open Telemetry. So just looking at one of the biggest vendors out there in the in the space and obviously major cloud provider on the top three talking and, and saying that they align with open telemetry for me was definitely uh, another testament for the important uh, of open telemetry and it becoming a, a de facto standard um, another thing maybe on the on the event side uh, very important as, as we all are gearing up towards Kubeco uh, North America in Chicago in in uh, uh, October. I wanted to, uh, for, for our developers in the audience, uh, make sure that you see the upcoming KubeCon will hold for the first time a developer centric co located event, uh, App Developer Con. So it will cover CNCF projects such as Knative and Dapper. So if you are developers and you felt a bit uh, out of context or, or not properly treated on previous KubeCons, Uh, This is about to change, and do check it out. I'll uh, post uh, the link also here for the uh, app developer con. Uh, What do you think about that? You're also from a developer background, so how do you feel about that, Oleg?
1: I'm definitely interested. Uh, Unfortunately, I won't be able to participate in person because getting a US visa right now is mission impossible for me. Uh, But I will be participating remotely as a program committee member and many other events. So hopefully you will have a live stream uh, from the conference.
0: Yeah. And as a CNCF Mm -hmm. ambassador, I'm sure that you're happy uh, to to spread the word, even if you'll know there, because this is a major thing for developers. And I know that at least in my my circles, uh, that's uh, uh, got a lot of attention. Um, Another important Mm -hmm. update just from the recent uh, couple of days, uh, that Jaeger tracing 1.47 is out uh, for those who are on the... uh, on the open source side of the distributed tracing, this is the uh, the open source uh, under the CNCF stack for distributed tracing. Uh, lots of things there: Cassandra configuration uh, feature for TLS, disabling Kerberos for uh, fast uh, negotiation from Kafka consumers, uh, support Prometheus normalization for open telemetry metrics, a proposal open telemetry, and in general other updates around open telemetry compatibility. Uh, and and another update so uh, do check it out I think uh, uh, definitely uh, an interesting interesting one to see yeah. um and, and showing the both the interoperability and the standardization that that you and i oleg just talked about also on this uh on this chat
1: yeah um, i think it's a really good progress uh on holocaust system so open telemetry definitely becomes a commodity for all kinds of eventing within the scope of what is supported uh, for by open telemetry Though I st- still hope to see a more standardization uh, and unification happening in areas that are not yet supported by open telemetry or cloud events. There is still a lot of uh, gaps uh, for, for observability that we could uh, address by introducing more open standards.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we have time for one last note. Uh, there was a... Um, Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh, the recent DevOps pulse survey, the yearly server about the state of devops and in particular obviously things related to observability, uh, uh, was very interesting. Uh, I lots of data there and it's it's publicly available, but i I did compile a few uh, interesting bits and and uh, posted them as as a as an article under APM digest. I called it observability as a complexity problem. Uh, which is something that we've discussed also on this uh, on this show. So uh, if you're interested, uh, quite a bit of interesting data uh, in terms of uh, the uh, increase in MTTR, in, in terms of uh, how people address or not address uh, security aspects as part of their uh, process. Who is the owner in the security-related uh, aspects, uh, and and many many other uh, things about tooling. How many? Uh, uh, tooling they're having and uh, and uh, the increase in tooling in some places. Um, why they choose open source, by the way, very interesting to see the reasoning. Things such as ease ease of integration, which is the essentially the value that we talked about of about the de facto standards and open specifications and so on. About the uh, obviously cost of ownership and and uh, and so on. So. Uh, very interesting. Look at look up the uh, the report or at least the the insights that I uh, that I shared there. I think very interesting. Uh, so with that, I would like to uh, thank you again, Oleg, for uh, joining me for this episode.
1: Yeah, and thanks a lot for inviting me, and thanks a lot for all your work around open telemetry and uh, specification for CD events.
0: Yeah, pleasure, and definitely going to follow up as I said, also on the uh, on the city events uh, call uh, next week uh, or in a couple of weeks and, and this month and more. So thank you very much, and also thank you for all our uh, guests for joining me and for chiming in on this uh, on this episode. Uh, as always, all the episodes are available on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you are uh, listening now on the podcast app, then do know that we stream the episodes live on Twitch and YouTube live. So just you can find all the details about that uh, on our Twitter handle at Open Observe, where uh, about the times of the uh, upcoming uh, live streams and also to share your comments, suggestions, news bits. If you think there are important things that I missed, uh, happy to get uh, more news bits from you. Uh, I'm Dotan Horvitz. You can reach out to me also if you're feeling uh, comfortable on at Horvitz on Twitter or probably any other platform, Mastodon or or wherever you uh, find me. Uh, And with that, thank you very much for listening and see you on next month's episode.